Hello, my name is Israel. I've been involved in hip-hop since the 1980s as an artist, producer, radio show host, journalist, documentarian, magazine editor, hip-hop advocate, and pundit. Over the years, I've interviewed hundreds of interesting people in music, media, and more. Welcome to Sounds from the Underground, the podcast from Insomniac Magazine, where we learn from both those who reside below the surface and those who've preached it. All right, so here we are for another episode of Sounds from the Underground. And on this episode, we have Insomniac Magazine co-editor Kevin Keefe. What's happening, Kev? What's going on, Is? Oh, man, you know the deal. It's raining music, raining hip-hop every day. You know better than me. (laughs) Something that's worth talking about. We both have been in the business, if you will, of helping to break artists in the hip-hop space for a really long time. Mm -hmm. Obviously, on radio, starting back in the early 90s. Uh, in print, uh, starting in the mid-90s, and uh, online, uh, starting in the late 90s to present day. And, you know, that is, an, it, that's a lot of experience. Yeah, a lot you of know, history there. Yeah, a lot of mm-hmm. history, a lot of experience, a lot of insight into what makes artists um, bubble right. and, and, and what... Uh, could be done right and what could be done or what's being done wrong. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought it'd be worthwhile to talk about maybe some some basic tips for artists that are coming up today, 2019, and they're trying to make a name for themselves. Uh, they're trying to get coverage, obviously, in all kinds of media, clearly not just Insomniac Magazine. I thought it'd be worthwhile to give them a little bit of insight, drop some gems on them, and hopefully uh, provide some value along the way. So, um, not having had any prep with you before introducing this topic, literally on the fly, because we haven't even talked about about this, um, what what comes off the top? What, What are some of the things you think that an artist in the hip hop space, although I, I would imagine that most of the things that we're going to say is, is probably applicable to almost any genre. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say is some of the most important things that they should be doing that maybe they're not currently doing? Well, a big thing is let us know who you are. I mean, aside from just dropping a track that might sound funky, it might be like the best banger that's out there right now. But the thing is, if we don't know, have any background information on who you are, it doesn't really help us in promoting you. Yeah. So I, I would imagine that one of those things that doesn't really seem like it's the biggest secret in the world. Ironically, it must be a secret because mm-hmm. there's this thing called a bio. <laughs> there's a thing called a bio that's been around for quite some time. And um, it's pretty ubiquitous in pretty much any instance that you're trying to get someone to write about you, to cover you. And that's something we just, ironically, we don't really see. I I don't know if it's because... Hardly ever see it. 
Yeah, I don't know if it's because, you know, once upon a time, if you were an artist and you were making music, at least in the capacity that it was being released, Mm -hmm. you were probably doing it under a record label. Right. Right, which means that they had all of the staff to... We would get that material in advance. We would know already. We would just, we would have it there, would be there for us to utilize at any moment. Right, but yeah. but but what I was getting at is that you know the, the they would have a publicist, exactly. and the publicist would know exactly what it was that would make it easier for them to get coverage. Mm-hmm. And I guess with the democratization of releasing music right. and just about everything and anything, um, that's kind of gone the way of the uh, the dodo bird. Exactly. I mean, if these guys are their own publicists now. They're doing pretty bad PR. Yeah. So, so you know, one thing that I would I would highly recommend, and 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 I think that it would help most artists garner a little bit more traction, it, regardless of the music, regardless of the genre, is to have a legible um, bio that not only gives information about who you are, where you're from, but also tells a story. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's it's in many ways, and I learned this many years ago, at the end of the day, uh, journalists want a story. You know, media outlets want a story. Yeah, I mean, it makes us more excited about the that particular artist. Indeed. Indeed. So, so a, a, a bio should be something that every artist has mm-hmm. and i would i would also say that if you don't feel that you're equipped to write a bio you don't know what to include um then hire somebody to do to yeah. write a bio i mean it's not going to be that expensive to hire a writer to put together something for you that is compelling that tells your story in an interesting way um, right. I mean, if some artists have even uh, sent over their info so that I could write a bio for them. Yeah, you've done you know? bios. Yeah. yeah, you've done bios. Um, so, so that's number one. You know, have have a bio. So now that the artist has a bio, mm-hmm. clearly they have music. Like, mm-hmm. there's no shortage of music. Oh, yeah. That's one thing they have, right? Oh yeah, it's always music. Indeed, plenty of that. So, so what's next? Okay, first off, I would say, well, aside from that, they need a distinct image, something that separates them from the other artists out there. I mean, they're all starting to blend together. And once again, the tracks might be dope. They might be like the best tracks out there, but I can't tell MCA from MCB to MCD. I yeah, guess I mean, they're all just blending together and they so unique about so that's this thing called branding Uh right which i think everybody at some point or another especially if you're into fashion you should be well versed in branding if you're into sneakers you should be versed in branding right that's what separates one pair from another pair um and and in the music space especially i don't know i i guess i'm going to speak specifically about hip-hop a a lot of artists haven't really put that together you know and and for those folks that maybe are trying to figure out how to differentiate each other or themselves from everyone else 
I would call your attention to some of the greats. So what I would do is I would recommend to go back into the history of hip hop and to look at those artists that have in many ways stood the test of time, you know, so. There's a key difference between a public enemy and a De La Soul and let's say a Outcast. Outcast. They're all different. Gangstar. Gangstar. All of these groups are different. Tribe Called Quest. Tribe Called Quest. They're all unique, all different. You said MCA. I know you were talking about something different, but right. MCA, Beastie Boys. Right. As we're sitting right in front of their uh, their brand new their book. book. So yeah. talk about the test of time, right? Mm-hmm. Like, who was like the Beastie Boys? When the Beastie Boys came out in the latter 80s, at least when they came out with their first full-length album, yeah. before they were kind of like a punk group and they had EPs, mm-hmm. but when they came out with their first album on Def Jam, and, and Def Jam in many ways, speaking of Def Jam, is probably the quintessential label to study when it comes to branding. Right. I remember talking to uh, Bill Adler, who was the main publicist at the time. He was the publicist for Def Jam mm-hmm. at the time, and he mm-hmm. told me that that's really what Russell and Rick were doing. They were giving each artist something distinctive so that the audience would always remember them. So, let, so let's break that down for a moment. So if we go back uh, into the, the hip-hop vaults, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the hip-hop history vaults, and we look at a, a label like Def Jam, okay, and we go through their... Um, through their roster, mm-hmm. uh, if if you go far enough back, you're probably going to come across. I would say, LL, well, actually, yeah, yeah LL Cool J's uh, first foray into the music industry, mm-hmm. and, and 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 correct me or jump in at, at any time. And 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 around that time, you had someone that they were also working with in a different capacity because they were also at least some of the same people were part of the management company. Right. Uh, you had Run DMC, right? Yeah. So Run DMC in many ways kind of set the standard for um, how to differentiate yourself in that game. It wasn't you know the same old disco kind of stuff, which was great. Right, even the style. Right. I mean, up until that point, the style, the dress. Everything was flashier before that. Indeed. Indeed. You know, Run DMC brought that, uh, brought the dress style down to earth. Indeed. So, so what would you say, what, what would you say that LL brought to the table that wasn't there before? Well, I think with LL, he was the individual B boy as opposed to Run DMC where they were the group. He was the the kid on the corner that you could relate to who was rocking with the radio. Um, so I would say that he was the solo MC. Yeah, right, right. And and a lot about, you know, a lot of what we saw with LL, I think, mm-hmm. was about wordcraft. Right. You know, not right. to say that Run DMC didn't have that game, mm-hmm. but that's not really what they were boasting about. Right. Right. And and LL kind of step to the table and said, exactly. I'm the MC, right? Mm-hmm. That's going to kind of take everybody else out. Nobody mm-hmm. could MC like me. After LL, we had, well, we had the Beastie Boys, right? right? And around the same time, right? Because mm-hmm. they were dropping singles around the same time. So you had records like Hold It, Hold, hold It, Hit It Now. Hit it. Hold, hold It Now, Hit It. Hold It yeah. Now, Hit It, um, Slow and Low. Right. 
so what would you brass say, monkey. Gra- Brass Monkey, what would you say differentiated the Beastie Boys from everyone else in the game? Never mind other people on the roster, but everyone else in the game. Well, that one's pretty obvious. That's like right in your face. Mm-hmm. For one thing, they were a white rap group Mm -hmm. which was different also they provided a lot of comedy Mm -hmm. right at the Mm -hmm. time as opposed to uh artists who took themselves more seriously you know you could tell they were just doing it for fun that's right but they still had skills though that's right i like i like that right there because if you think about there was really no self-respecting rapper up until maybe will smith Mm -hmm. that was you know not serious business right and you're right they they were not only were they about fun, but they didn't take themselves seriously. Not at all. They were happy, you know, kind of being clowns, if you will. Exactly. Um, and and that in many ways differentiated them. Not to mention also uh, incorporating kind of like a a, 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 a metal a punk edge a into punk. it. Yeah. And they could play instruments too. True. Which we found out later true, on. Yeah. True. I would say the only group that you could say had a comedic edge prior to them was the Fat Boys. Well, that's true, and too. And that wasn't Def Jam, so... Right, right. You know, but that was an image right there. Right, that's know? that's true, too. They were kind of forced into that image, even though that's clearly what they were. Right. But the management was like, hey, you guys, you're not the Disco 3, you're the Fat Boys. Right, right, right. It made sense. And then you had Slick Rick, right? Oh. So Slick Rick clearly didn't start out in on Def Jam. He right. was, you know, part of... That Dugs. movement with Dougie Fresh. Yeah. Or the Kango crew with Dana Day. And they, true, before that, true. Yeah. And Def Jam, what they really fine-tuned was the storytelling. It was the storytelling, right. But there was also the fact that he had that English accent, which we hadn't heard prior to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was unique in itself. So that was really what helped distinguish him, was mm-hmm. not just... Uh, the fact that he was, you know, this incredible storyteller, but also the delivery right, was the delivery unlike was, yeah, anything. anything that we had seen before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that once again, it kind of like filled the space in the genre that hadn't previously been occupied. Right. And then probably one of the most, and they're all iconic, but one of the most iconic uh, groups uh, that have definitely, in many ways, not only uh, but, but kind of well, groundbreakers in in hip hop, but also uh, kind of kind of stretched into the world of other genres and audiences, and and that was Public Enemy, revolutionaries of rap, right there. So, so once again, you know that that I think is kind of a, a no brainer, right? Mm-hmm. Like hip hop revolutionaries, like you knew that that voice, that right. booming voice. That is Chuck D's calling card, mm-hmm. the impactful um, social commentary, revolutionary uh, lyrics and, and themes, mm-hmm. and the genius, right, of having the counterbalance. Exactly. Which was Flavor Flav. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, each mm-hmm. member of the group represented. Um, Someone that you knew, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could say that at the time Chuck was okay. He was the intelligent b boy. Then you have the clown. It was Flavor Flav, who if sometimes if Chuck was coming at you too hard, 
then you have Flav to offset that with the humor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then if you were someone who was more into the militaristic type of uh, mindset, then you had Griff. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. those three elements of the group, it was just brilliance. Right. Indeed. So now you, you had another group that had also dropped some singles before that mm-hmm. um, time, but kind of had their, I would say their their real splash in the latter 80s, early 90s, and that was EPMD. EPMD. To me, EPMD were like two rock hymns initially. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I remember when they first came out, everyone was comparing them and saying, well, they sound a lot like Rakim. Mm. But it's almost like this time you have, uh, they weren't brothers, but it's mm-hmm. like, okay, you mm-hmm. have brothers who mm-hmm. are, are rhyming like him. Mm-hmm. But they just had, they brought the funk mm-hmm. to hip hop. That's everything True. that they True. focused on. It was really laid back funk and it was about having fun with them too, but they could... Uh, Definitely throw down on the lyrical tip as and, well. And and then in regard to branding the business. Oh yeah, everything. Yeah, exactly. Everything was around a business, business, right? Taking All care of business. Uh-huh. Everything was taking care of business. Uh-huh. And that was something that we saw reoccur in every single album that they did, right? right. So strictly business, unfinished business, business as usual, business ever personal, uh-huh. back to business, et cetera, et cetera. Um and 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 for fans of EPMD, they knew that they felt that right. Uh, and and you're right. I mean, uh, Eric Sermon's production was, was impeccable yeah. and and definitely distinctive. So, getting back to 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 the point that if you, if you go back and you look at, we just picked you know a label. I mean, we could kind of look at another lab, label that was very impactful at the time. That was Tommy Boy, right? You know, and they also I mean, have a slew of um, iconic artists. Exactly. I mean, hey, let's start off with De La, right? De La Soul. De La Soul. I mean, even though they hate this uh, flower now, right? right? In the beginning, they were the hippies right. of hip hop. Right. And then, of course, you know, that changed somewhat as the careers progressed, but that's what people initially knew them as. And they were right. great at it. Right. They were incredible. The stuff and weren't, they weren't they one of the original native? Native, Native tongues. tongues, right, yeah, right, right, and also, I mean, as far as their sample choice, mm-hmm. it was different for a time. Everybody mm-hmm. was uh, used to sampling James Brown up until that point, and they said, "No, we're not going to just sample James Brown. We'll throw a little bit of that in there, mm-hmm. but we're also going to sample some Hall and Oates. Mm-hmm. We're going to sample some Steely Dan. We're going to throw in a lot of different elements mm-hmm. in there, and mm-hmm. it worked. And they mixed all those different uh, elements into hip hop, all of those different tracks, those different songs, and it just created something completely new." Then you have Naughty by Nature. Naughty by Nature. Right. The kings of anthem Anthems, hip-hop. Right. Right? Yeah. Uh, you want to sing along to it. Mm-hmm. And it also had a party vibe, a fun vibe to exactly. it. Exactly. But at the same time... But they took themselves seriously. Seriously. Right. 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 Distinctive voice. Uh-huh. Right? Oh, yeah. The fast uh, rhyme style Tretch would definitely throw down. Indeed. Yeah. Um, Queen Latifah. Queen Latifah. I mean, it's in the name. The queen. There you go. The queen of hip hop. Distinctive voice. Exactly. Um, a lot of Afrocentric, uh, not, not only really in, in the content, but also in, in, in what she wore. Right. 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 Very, very distinctive appearance. Is that the Kufi? Is that what that's yeah. called? Right. Mm-hmm. And she would remember, she would also throw in singing too, mm-hmm. which up until that mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. That really wasn't a, a major thing. True. So she would um, sing as well as as rap. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah. So going back to the idea that there's some, and, and I say this so many times because I think it's lost in in the way that a lot of folks approach making music today, yeah. the, the idea of going back to the tried, to the true, to the proven, to the tested, uh, to the iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you can spend all day and night talking about how great you are, how you're it, how no one's greater. Uh, but at the end of the day, the only true or false, the only way you could actually validate that is through the test of time. Right. So the artist that we mentioned stood the test of time. Exactly. So I think these days the artists are more concerned with being prolific than they are with putting out quality product, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll get so much product from an artist and maybe one of, let's say they were to throw out five songs mm-hmm. in a day, which sometimes happens, mm-hmm. and maybe two of those tracks will be good and the other three it's just like okay i just want to keep throwing stuff out there have that, to have quality control right and that's the other thing it, it, it's it's not it's not even just quality control mm-hmm. but it's also about putting something out that is distinctive enough right to have to people warrant. remember it exactly because if if you're if you're i mean there's a lot of stuff out there that is amazing, that sounds great, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of stuff that sounds as good. Right. People are dropping good music, but is it something that you're going to remember? Is exactly. it something where the hook is so distinctive that, you know, in a week from now, I'm going to be, you know, still kind of humming along with it? Right. And I think that's the problem a lot of times. I mean, let's say if we got a great track from an artist. It's like, oh, wow, I'm really into this one and everything. Before I have a chance to appreciate it and absorb it, then, you know, you get the four others coming behind it. So if I'm getting four other tracks after that and I'm listening to them and they're not as good as the one that I really like, then it just fades away. So just so just to recap, so so we talked about the importance of the bio, which in many ways is about the story. Right. Right. What is the story of the artist? And are they able to communicate that? Because you can have the best story in the world, but if, if I don't know what the story is, then I'm not going to help spread that word. Exactly. So that's the importance of the bio. We talked about the importance of branding, right? which is a lot of different things. That's mm-hmm. something that we could talk about all day. Uh, and and again, the idea that if you want to know how to do it right, go back and look at the masters. Right. And you just touched on the importance of having distinctive music that really has some sort of, of of staying power. Right. Because you could drop something that sounds, you know, dope, that sounds hot, but if it's not distinctive enough for me to remember it after the next 50 tracks that have just dropped that same day, mm-hmm. then it's probably not doing its job. Right. Um, I think, I think the, next, the next thing that, that's worth addressing that I think a lot of artists have down packed, especially it's kind of interesting because I'm seeing art, and this is the irony, I'm seeing artists that are probably less developed mm-hmm. or newer that, that seem to be doing a good job with visuals. Yeah. Some, some of course. are doing a good job. Of course, job of course, visuals. of course. Yeah. So, so visuals, what are visuals? So we're talking about 
your artwork for your release. Oh, yeah. You know, once upon a time, it was all about the album art. Today, it's really about singles mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and albums as well, but singles first because there's so many singles out there. Every single should have a really distinctive piece of art mm-hmm. that goes with it, that makes sense, that is uh, distinctive again, that doesn't look like everybody else's artwork. I would say that it should be original, but that's that's my take. Um, you know, if I'm taking something from uh, an image that I've already seen a hundred times, then it's probably not going to stick in my mind. It won't be as effective. Indeed. So, I mean, there's so many creative people out there. There's so many illustrators out there. Take advantage of that. It's easier than ever to network and to connect with someone else. And we see that. It's yeah. not like we don't see that. Um, but I think that you really have to spend time and and put together artwork that is going to resonate with your audience, is going to be distinctive, and also use it as a way to brand yourself. Yeah. You know, so have a logo and make sure that logo is distinctive and put it on your artwork. And Well, who's a good example of someone who's doing that now? Well, I I would have to say, even though we're not doing this on video... Um, the certain ones, certain as we're ones sitting right next job, to, man. as we're sitting right next to their gear, uh-huh. um, their their uh, their hat and their shirts that have their logos on. I mean, that right there is a perfect example. You're right, right. because they have a, a pretty cool logo. Uh-huh. Um, they have certainly mastered the art, no pun intended, of putting together really interesting covers right that are cohesive that also embody the the track yeah you know so yeah. when you see the cover it connects directly it's not like random mm-hmm. um to the track mm-hmm. uh which which is also ironic because you have so many folks in that crew um that you would think that maybe that could get lost but no they've but really they put together it, a cohesive yeah. brand for themselves so mm-hmm. i would i would certainly concur with that they're unique in so many different ways, though. I mean, as far as, like we talked about fashion, um, just as far as the fact that it seems they're pulling, definitely pulling from, let's say, the Wu-Tangs mm-hmm. and, and even the Cold Crush, mm-hmm. and they brought it up to date. It's just, it seems to me that they're doing pretty, they're doing everything right. That's the yeah, way I look yeah. at it. And, yeah, and, and the other thing I think that's, that's pretty, pretty cool about them is that they have a lot of a lot of members of the crew, but they mm-hmm. all have a distinctive sound. Right. Right. That's another thing. So yeah. no two MCs sound the same. Exactly. Which which kind of goes back, if you think about EPMD, you know, E was not, did not sound anything like PMD. They both True. brought it, yeah. but they were, you know, worlds apart. Right. Uh, Ron didn't sound like DMC. Yeah. Chuck clearly didn't sound like Flay. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I think that that's another... Another thing that kind of sets them apart. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when it comes to branding, I I think especially today, if you want to look at someone that has really did done a phenomenal job, you know, in in the current era, uh, that that would also be West Side Gun. Oh, of course. I mean, that goes without saying. He's just, um, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, you know. I go overseas a lot, so I have a chance to see uh, 
how his art has influenced mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. in different countries. Mm. And, I, and I'll see the, uh, the murals mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of uh, West Side Gun on the walls. Mm-hmm. And I, I sent you a couple of those. Yeah, I yeah, think. I remember yeah. that, yeah. And um, it's just, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. His, his reach is amazing. Yeah, and, and again, you know, back to the sound, right? I mean, the sound was very sample-heavy mm-hmm. 90s, but his voice right. was one of a kind. right. And, as far as branding goes, there you go. And his look, his look was yeah. distinctive. Mm-hmm. And all the art that they used was, I don't know, they, they used like interesting visuals that yeah. you haven't really seen used in hip-hop before. Right. You know, uh, people from history, mm-hmm. religious, iconography. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, West Side Gun is a perfect current day artist right. that has has really done a great job of branding himself. Exactly. So, so we talked about sound. We talked about visuals. Mm-hmm. We talked about the story. Is there anything else that you think? Because we could probably talk all day about this. So I don't want I don't want to make this a uh, a, a two hour discussion but uh, just for the sake of being able to take it in and hopefully having enough concise information that folks could apply it because that's the reason we're doing this we're not doing this to um, critique anybody because I think everybody that would be listening to this knows that we are probably uh, some of the uh, biggest supporters of of up-and-coming Artists. Yeah, we're and, all about the underground. And we've they been, know that. And so. we've been doing this for a long, long time. time. As a matter of fact, not to say any names, but some of the biggest and the baddest, uh, we at, at some point or another, we put them on the front of a oh, magazine yeah. first. We played yeah. them on the radio first. Mm-hmm. We helped break them first. So anything left that we could include in, without getting too deep? Yeah, there's something that's really, really simple. Okay. Okay, now, okay, they have their bio together. The branding, they have the image. Um, all of that is together. Now the song is is out there for people to hear. And they just don't retweet it. I like that. I didn't think about that. But you're right. I mean, if and, and that's a great point. Mm-hmm. All right. So if you... <laughs> it seems almost obvious, but if you can't promote your own stuff, then you can't expect anybody else to promote Ex- it for you. Exactly. And, and And that's also... Um, I think in some ways that also goes along with communication, right? You know, because it's also part of kind of a common courtesy. Like if someone, you know, looks out, then you at least are going to acknowledge the fact that they looked out. Right. I mean, it's your product. If anything, that's the first thing I would do. It's like, okay, I want everyone to know that I have this out here. Indeed. Indeed. If you got, that's the other thing you have. I mean, you have social media accounts right use them yeah uh don't abuse them but use them and part of using them by the way social that word social is communicating and by the way communicating in a respectful manner being able to communicate in a way that's not uh bashing people over the head with a message and we're not even talking about us we're just saying in general general, you know you you have to have a certain amount of decorum uh, what would the other word be? There's another word that I'm looking for. That sums it up. Okay. That sums it up, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, tact. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, just reaching out to folks in a way that is courteous, in a way, I mean, you, you're essentially you're asking for something. Yeah. 
you know, and it's kind of interesting. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying this in any way, shape or form as a, uh, I don't know what the word is as a humble brag, but, but the reality is there's no shortage of music, yeah. you know? And I think that some folks almost think that they're doing you a favor by getting you music when maybe they don't realize, maybe they don't realize that, you know, if, if you're in media, you are inundated mm-hmm. with people reaching out from every single angle, mm-hmm. trying to get you to cover something. And, and it's almost impossible. It is impossible to pay attention to everything, yeah. you know? So if so for some reason, the best choices, but not only that, yeah. but if for some reason something is missed, you can't get mad at right. the media. I mean, there's so much out there mm-hmm. You, 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 what do you do? You, you try again, you know, you, you say, okay, well, you know, maybe this time we didn't get in, you don't burn your bridges. Right. You don't write angry emails uh, <laughs> talking about how you're not happy that you weren't covered mm-hmm. uh, because that certainly isn't going to get you any, even though I think we're probably so grounded that, you know, we've gotten emails and we don't hold it against right, anybody. Right. I mean. Um <laughs> And from some, and and by the way, from people more important than you, right? By the right. way, whether you believe it or not, oh, yeah. trust trust us. Uh-huh. <laughs> In some cases, icons. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I think that you know you gotta ha- you gotta understand how to communicate with yeah. folks. I mean, essentially, it's it's a communication business, you know. So I don't want to I don't want to drone on. These were just a handful of tips tidbits that I'm hoping folks will be able to take in the in the positive manner in which we put them on the table to be helpful and apply them and create more success for themselves uh, having taken in this insight. Mm-hmm. So before we break out, I do want to say one thing. If you're listening to this podcast, do us a favor if you like the podcast, share it and also subscribe. By the way, when you use the word subscribe, I think some people get scared of that word because they think you, you, you know, it's like Netflix, you got to pay. <laughs> Clearly, you do not have to pay to subscribe to a podcast, um, but it's, a, it's also a great way to show your support. It's also a great way to get the episodes when they're released. So whether yep. it be Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, that's the name of, I believe, that app as well, or, you know, whatever it is that you use to listen to podcasts, click the subscribe button. That way you can get episodes when they come out. Also, if you don't follow us on on Twitter or Instagram and you have a presence there, follow us and the address is at Insomnag since 96. Follow us on Facebook and also on and visit the website insomniacmagazine.com. It's That's, only been 23 years. <laughs> That's what people forget, the website. I mean, a lot of times, especially even with posting um, your material, we tend to post your material very early so, as opposed to tweeting it very early. So your best bet is to check the website first before you start tweeting that we didn't post your material because it's probably there. We just didn't tweet it yet. So. Indeed, indeed. So anyway, Kev, it was good talking to you, man, and um, we'll see you on insomniacmagazine.com. That's right. <laughs> All right, peace.